This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description. A practical prayer is a prayer that works. These discussions between Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence dive into the details of how it works and how to work it. Reverend Bill is a New Thought minister and the author of Practical Prayer for Real Results. Your new life begins with a new thought. Carol Lawrence is on a spiritual quest, finding the New Thought teaching after decades on the pulpit in three different traditional denominations. I've got some questions. Together, they're exploring the philosophy and activities that come together from many of the world's religions to create the practical spirituality that is New Thought. Welcome to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni, and I'm really excited about this week. Yeah, okay. we're going to have a good conversation. This, there's a lot of information that came up for us, or for me, at the uh, International New Thought Alliance Congress uh, last week, and uh, we get to uh, leverage on top of that. We're going to talk about AI, which is artificial ignorance. No. <laughs> <laughs> Machines can do it as see, well as we did can. did not see that one coming. Okay. <laughs> Artificial intelligence, that. which is, yeah. You can't, well, you know, you know, if you really want to not know something, you should do it at machine speed. So the, an AI is all the buzz with chat GPT writing papers and answering emails and being foist into all sorts of automations in the technology work that I do. Everybody's talking about how to connect this with that and how to streamline your, your something with something else. And uh, I have some definite opinions about it. And I know you have some definite opinions about it as well. Uh, in fact, before the, the, the podcast episode began, you were talking about, well, it's not a problem. It's just a wave of, of, of progress and things change. And what was it that made you screech and, and stomp the brakes and say, well, wait a second. <laughs> Just like anybody else, if it gets in my backyard, then I'm a little upset about it. But um, I'm trying very hard not to have a problem with it for all the reasons that I explained to you before. Every change that's happened in human history, we always kick and scream and, you know, it's going to be the end of humanity as we know it and civilized society is going to die and the devil did it. You know, all of those kind of things come up with change. And so this one isn't any different. Um, it just happens to be in our lifetime. Uh, well, a computer was in our lifetime as well, also. But mm -hmm. um, I, I thought it was, <laughs> yeah. So I'm hesitating, right? Because it's in my backyard in this way. I am I am just severely old school, you know, just trying to, you know, just be in the moment, right? And when I, in my world, you pray, you write your own paper, you write your own sermons, you depend on intuition and the like. That is intervention from God spiritually and so forth. And somehow AI just kind of takes us away from that. You know, yeah. like I, I embraced it because writing emails is not my thing. 
right? I'm a writer and I'm painfully slow about everything and I'm checking commas and how does it sound in the grammar? Well, you know, chat GPT takes care of that for me. And I ask as, it, as long as it winds up sending the message that you actually intended. Sure. But Chad you know, GPT I'm is very happy to write something that has nothing to do with what you had in mind. Send it you off have over your to, signature. But you gotta look at it, right? You gotta you gotta proofread. Yes. Like yes, so I gotta indeed. proofread my own stuff. So I think, okay, that's good. Um, even I asked for a, a description, you know, I was like my bio was just ridiculously long. And I said, I need like a tagline. And it gave me just something really wonderful, really happy with it. So that's fine. But then came what you mentioned earlier. Right. And this, uh, and I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Uh, uh, And you can see the talk that uh, that had me thinking that I actually went back and listened to again twice. Uh, And it was the Tuesday evening session of the International New Thought Alliance Congress. Uh, It is on YouTube. You can search uh, New Thought Media Network. And uh, the talk was by uh, Shad Groverland, who's the president and CEO of Unity Worldwide Ministries, which is one of the New Thought denominations. And he was talking about some of the challenges that we're dealing with with technology. And then uh, it it led into artificial intelligence and people are using artificial intelligence to, to write papers, which is not really so, and as a school, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to ask, ask people to write fewer papers. And actually, adults learn best by sharing and talking rather than by writing a paper. We can do it because we learned how to do it when we were in school, but it's not really a great learning model for us. So we can get away from the things that are easy to, um, to, to, to get around with artificial intelligence and go more towards the, the organic stuff. But then he told the story of a youth leader who was having chat GPT create the youth lesson for Sunday morning. And this person couldn't understand why Shad was, uh, uh, was so alarmed by this. And then he said, well, you know, and then there are also some ministers who are having uh, artificial intelligence, generative AI, write their Sunday talk, which they then read. And the comment was, where does intuition and spirit come in? Because if the machine is writing it and I'm reading it, Whose ideas are they? You see me going stressed out here over, you know, just hearing you talk about that. Yeah, you're 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 fanning yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> with, with an envelope yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing I can get my hands on, right? And just I'm thinking okay. and he's keeping on. He's going on with it. Um, I am. And, and and that is um that is somewhat alarming. So I'm I have some more comments, but I'm gonna let you say something now, become expository. <laughs> and then, we'll, then I'll, I'll talk some more. You know what? I, I'm i just acknowledging that I'm just old school and it's probably stuff that I just don't see. But I did a manuscript. I was in the pulpit for 35 years. And most of that time as a senior pastor in three different denominations, you know all that. Mm-hmm. I said that to say, I wrote I studied every single week. I wrote a manuscript every single week. I did not read it, but I wrote it until it read it and studied it, until it became a part of me, and I delivered the sermon. That's how we were taught. And by the way, I didn't regurgitate stuff. New sermon every week because I didn't serve leftovers. (laughs) (laughs) 35 years of, of home cooking. Listen, I, you know... 
I even had it all trans, whatever, it's on computer and all that stuff. But very actually proud of that bar that I set for myself, believing, fully believing that that process is spirit-led. Mm-hmm. Now, now you come to me and tell me that somebody can put something in chat GPT and read it. I am not impressed with that. Now I'm catching myself because can't spirit work through all avenues, but I don't advocate lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, this is really like not, I don't want, you know, but I'm not an advocate of lazy. So Let's say spirit is working through chat GPT and, you know, it's got a really major thing going on there. And then here comes somebody who has not invested time and meditation and so forth. You read it. Come on. Come on. And and you know what? Some people, I'm telling you, they're not proofreading. They're reading Mm -hmm. it. No, they've just... Rip and read. You pick up whatever chat GPT came up with and you tell it to the congregation. And, and of so course, the, claim, the it, as, claim with, it as as your own. You, know, you want to make me think here, right? Here goes my thing again. Okay. Um, <laughs> my fan so, again. So I'll, t- I'll tell you another story then. And what my experience has been with this, because as an exercise, not because I needed help writing a sermon, uh, right before Easter, I asked chat GPT, to write a 15-minute sermon on the metaphysics of Easter. And it came up with a sermon in five sections, and all five were on point. Those are the things that you would talk about in the metaphysics of Easter. It's about possibility and resurrection and surrender and transformation. And it was not bad. But that's as good as it gets, is not bad. There was nothing new in there. There was nothing insightful in there. And unfortunately, because what people do is we learn something over here and we learn something over there, and then we integrate them. And we say, let's use that story to illustrate this. Mm-hmm. And we connect the pieces together in an innovative and thoughtful way. Every once in a while, generative artificial intelligence will do that. But as often as not, it seems like it's wrong. It's connecting the wrong two things together that don't have any point in common. And presenting them factually, you know, like the authoritative news yes. source. Yeah, I, I guess I have to, and I really appreciate you bringing this up so that I can really think about it even more and be able to be more articulate about it. I'm, the struggle that I'm having is that I don't want to be closed-minded. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to really see what's going on here. Uh, but then there's that word fear. That oh, yeah. You know, and and so I'm confessing to that, not fear that I'm going to do it, because I'm telling you, I I enjoy the sermon preparation process. I teach that. I taught that and all of that. So I'm not giving it up. But I also want to be open to ways that AI can work and help me to be better. But the fear is that it's just too simple. You know, I mean, it's just it's too simple to not be invested in the spiritual connection of the sermon and the the pew and the pulpit. Uh, you know, I think as I'm saying it, it sounds like it sounds old fashioned, but I still believe that. And I don't there see how is, AI can give me that. 
what people are yearning for. And the reason that they're coming into our spiritual communities to begin with is to connect with themselves, with their spiritual nature, and with new ideas and with other people who share some of those ideas and beliefs and have some commonality. And if the person in the front of the room is outsourcing the inspiration, then the rest of it kind of falls apart. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily going to be obvious that the sermon was written by artificial intelligence, but it won't resonate the way that it would when it's coming from the heart, when it's spirit-led. Um, so my suspicion is that will be self-defeating at some point, but it might take a long time for it to be self-defeated. Uh, an exercise that I did, and I told you I would tell you the story about this. I also tried using artificial intelligence to do some mundane stuff because my background is a copywriter. And you and I were talking that you go through and make sure the commas are in the right place and that the message that you're saying is exactly clear. So I was cleaning up a website and it kind of said what we wanted to say, but it was sort of jumbled. So what I did is I told chat GPT to take this and condense it and clarify it and give me three different versions. And by having three different versions, I became the editor so I took the stuff that was better out of this one and the stuff that was better out of that one, the stuff that the original actually said it better. And we used that as material that I could put together. So that was idea starters. And that, I think, is a, a place where um, artificial intelligence is great. Like you said before, you, you, know, you came up with a tagline of who Carol is. And you had ChatGPT mm -hmm. do that. And, and it was a great one. And mm -hmm. what happened is it came up with the idea and you looked at it and you said, ah, that's what I would have said if I'd spent enough time and had the inspiration to say that. It just whittled down all the other stuff and gave you something simple. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think it's better to ask ChatGPT or the other AI engines to give me four or five of them. Yeah. Because then yeah. it's going to compete with itself and I get to choose. Okay, the first one, I would have chosen the first one anyway. <laughs> the, <laughs> the other four were spares. But we used to do that in, in the ad business. You know, we would come up with three different concepts for a single advertisement, a, a promotion, and mm -hmm. present all three of them to the client. Say, here are three different ways of doing this. Which one do you, which one resonates with you? And invariably, they say, well, I really like number two, but there's some stuff in number one that I like, and can we bring in this part from number three as well? And it becomes a creative exercise rather than an outsourcing. Yes, yes. I, I think that's the, that's an, there's an honesty and integrity in the way you approach uh, the whole thing, which is what you just explained. Um, I, some people were saying that asking ChatGPT to write a book, write a chapter, write this, write that. And you said earlier, maybe people may not know it, but you know, if you can't string three or four sentences together to make sense, then perhaps you're not a writer. <laughs> now this, you know, and, and I'm so sure, let me apologize in advance if I have offended anybody, or even if I come to a different conclusion about this. I wanted to be a writer since I was a little kid. And I found um, books that I stapled together and put tape on and made binders, you know, so I've been writing and making my little books since I was um, maybe like first, second grade. I was so excited about it. And finally, wrote, actually got the courage and, you know, the, all that limiting belief stuff. That's another conversation. Finally wrote the first one in my 60s. And I look back and think, oh, my God, look at it. But that in, in itself was a, was a 
you know, an, an accomplishment to know that I have always been what I always wanted to be, but didn't have the courage to do it. And mm. blah, 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 you know, so now I'm free. This is why I said it. I'm a writer and I love it. And, I, you know, it's me. Now here comes chat GPT. And you can't write a grocery list, but now you write in a book. You know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kind of floored about this. I'm so sorry if I'm being ugly. I don't mean to be, but you know what? I, I do. I read a lot of eBooks. They're popping up all over the place on, uh, uh, what's that? Um, Kindle. Mm-hmm. They, 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 people are not writing then the question is, does it matter? So, yes, you got in my backyard and I'm, you know, a little bit. And interesting comment that came in, which is just wait until someone is successful using AI to create an AI AI minister. And it's, uh uh-oh. Yeah, and uh uh-oh is right. And, um, you know, one of my favorite jokes is how can you tell uh, when someone's a leader and you look for the followers? So the question that I would have isn't the AI minister but it's the people in the in the artificial intelligence um, pews who are thinking that following this is a good idea because who knows where it's going to lead. And and so you, we're asking the people in the pews really to do the same thing we've always asked. You know, be thinking. I, I would always say, don't take it my word for it. Don't believe it because I said it. Consider me just throwing out an outline and you, you know, you follow through on the bullet points. Mm -hmm. Um, This will even be easier for people not to grow spiritually and become self-reliant in so many ways because of this. I think it's so good, but, you know, it could just get out of hand. Yep. Let's take a break and then talk about why the people who invented AI think that we might want to tap the brakes on AI. Hmm. Is Reverend Bill letting you know that the Practical Prayer for Real Results class is now available on demand? That's right. You can take it at your own pace anytime you want. All the information is at bethelight.com. That's b-the-light.com. You know where to find that stuff. The class is five lessons broken down into 18 modules, and you can take them at whatever pace is comfortable for you. As you work through the process, it starts out with the theory, goes into the practice, there are experiential activities and exercises, and at the end of the program, you will wind up with an understanding of how practical prayer works and a practical prayer for yourself that will work to create transformation in your life. And as you know, it works for everything. Take a look at the class online at bethelight.com. There's a sample lesson so you can see how the class is going to work for you and then dive in. The great news is it's on sale now. You can register and save $20 off of the regular price. I'm looking forward to seeing you in class. to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni talking about a subject that's generating some some interest in the comments. Yes, indeed. It's artificial intelligence and AI is the the, the big new thing. And the world has been like working on artificial intelligence for decades now, you know, 
way back to programming the computer to teach it to play chess and it finally beat a human at chess and we thought oh well that's such a narrow field of endeavor that you know a computer is all it has to do is that and now with generative ai basically they're telling these uh, these computer models to read the internet and it then knows everything that basically has shown up on the internet and will weave the pieces together and it's astounding um how realistic it can be and uh, the 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 stuff that can be created that way we were teaching a class on uh on intuition and one of the students uh came out with a a fun little saying it's uh, we you know and she basically was just defiant she said we we are here to eat berries and frolic <laughs> like that's that's humanity's purpose is to eat berries and frolic and i loved it and so i asked the artists in the class there were a couple of them, i said uh, so who's going to make a t-shirt that says we're here to eat berries and frolic and they all nodded their heads and then they went off and did different things and they 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 never did it they dropped the ball on it so i know how to use technology and spent a lot of time in the typesetting and printing business so i know how to make a t-shirt i just am not a designer or an artist so I went on to Dolly, which is the image generation uh, artificial intelligence, and after a half a dozen times through, wound up with a watercolor of uh, young people eating berries and frolicking. And it was good enough that I printed it on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's, it's whimsical and frightening at the same time, because that watercolor does not exist anywhere outside of the t-shirt and the and the computer model. Mm-hmm. So the question for us isn't can we do it? It's is it a good idea to do it and where are the guardrails? And at this point there are no guardrails. I mean, industry is saying we need some guardrails, but they're also in the business of advancing their business, so yes. there's competition going on. So on the one hand we're in a hurry, on the other hand they all know how dangerous this could be. So Where's that balance point? I don't know that we'll we'll find the balance ahead of time. Uh, just like a lot of other things, after the crisis, we'll see <laughs> we'll see where this went over the edge and fix it. And and I'm saying that to myself as well, um, not to worry so much because this will write it write itself for the lack of a better term and get the idea out quickly. My, my son, uh, my oldest son is an incredible artist and just amazing. But then here's artificial intelligence that can do what he does. And it takes him a while to do something. It can do it in a matter of minutes. So I'm sensitive, Mm -hmm. like what's happening? What does this mean? And what does this say to my son? And what does it say to all the artists who do things, you know, that were gifted this way? But artificial intelligence is also a gift. And I guess at the end of the day, it will, all of it will write itself because, you know, there is that one, and I've been hanging around with you too long. <laughs> there is that one that all I can say will just pull it into order in time. You know, and just yeah, artificial intelligence is valuable and helpful and um, and and a wonderful resource. But if we outsource intelligence and give up our own, because artificial intelligence can do the thinking. Uh, 
that I think is where the danger comes from. And also people who are using it for malevolent purposes. Like I want a way to convince people that something that isn't true is true or to believe or, or demand something that is uh, actually not reasonable. And because it knows all the tricks, it's read the entire internet. It can figure out how to make a compelling argument for something that is completely unfounded. Whoops. <laughs> um, I agree with you, but I'm still holding out like a little space for God. Right? And, I, and I know this sounds incredibly corny, but I'm just holding it out. And I'm thinking about, um, it, it seems unrelated, but it's right there. When the megachurch came on the scene. I didn't think it was a bad idea, but I didn't believe that it was going to like take over the world, right? And some people were giving up everything to have mega churches, but I know the needs, uh, just basic human needs. And large churches are wonderful, you know? Two of the three churches I pastored were large churches. But then there are when you really look at it, it's really small churches, a lot of small churches within a big church. Mm-hmm. Basic human needs and basic uh, need to be connected is not going to change. AI is not going to change that. It's not going to answer that need. So eventually it's going to balance itself out in some way. And... um I don't know. Things happen so quickly now. It could happen quickly or it may not happen in my lifetime. But there are just fundamental basic human needs that AI cannot address. I completely completely agree with you. And uh, we're also in the midst of um, the social media and digital media revolution. Uh, It's been going on for a while. And uh, The Surgeon General has pointed out that there is a crisis of uh, loneliness and isolation in our country and has called for organizations to step up and uh, and reinforce and um, and foster human connection. And one of the sad parts is that if somebody is gets into that scenario where they're on social media all the time, on a screen all the time, and the people who are building the platform and making the stuff show up on the screen are monetizing the fact that they've got their, that person's attention, then the model is set up so that it keeps somebody glued to the screen rather than going and making connection because, and <laughs> you don't sell any medicine to healthy people. So it is in, in the best interests of the people who want to sell medicine to have people be sick. And that's really sad, and it's counterproductive, and seems like it would be counterintuitive, but what drug makers need is sick people. What hospital systems need is ill people. And there's a, there's a, there's, there's a conflict of interest there, that if we want healthy people who don't need to be looking at the screen, then we're actually, then the companies that are monetizing their FaceTime on the screen are going to be losing out if they actually help people be healthy. So there's an, there's an inherent conflict there. Oh, okay. We could talk about this forever, but I'm going to say, come on now, you know, <laughs> come on. We are, we are spiritually connected. Yes. I ain't going down like that. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I'm not. I, I hear you. Uh, and amen I, to that. I, I, 
did my first um, uh, internet radio show in 2007. I didn't know what the heck internet radio was, da da da, none of that. But I decided, and, and the guy gave me two hours, but it was Sunday from 10 p.m. to 12. Who the heck is up at that hour? <laughs> but I thought, okay, you gave it to me. I'm going to do it. I came up with this idea. People that don't go to church but want God, want some spirituality, connect, da 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 I'm going to be there for them. So I said that to say that there is a way. I asked God in the 90s, looking ahead, one of these days, I'm going to get off the road. I'm not going to like all this driving here and there and doing this and that, okay? But I'm not going to stop working until it's all over. So you're going to have to give me something to work with. And back in that day, the first the, uh, internet church was just starting. And there was everybody hated it, poo-pooed it, couldn't deal with it. Mm-hmm. Here we are now with all this technology that supports maybe not what we, the idea of internet church, but it supports something that is useful and can be good for those who are not going to ever go to church or are so introverted that they're not making social connections, whatever you think, right? I'm going to talk to you, right? I'm that. There's reels and shorts and all that where you can just scroll up and down. People do that for hours. Mm-hmm. Be on that. You know what I mean? Be on that. Take God there. Take spirit. Take the universe there. I'm not going down with this being negative, although it kind of pisses me off about the right thing. <laughs> uh, there's, you know... I'm shifting into this is a God thing and I'm a God person. And so I'm going to figure out how to make this be helpful. Mm-hmm. The part for me is like finding it. out where the, where the crossover is, because we know that people getting together in a room face to face is human connection. And we know that watching something that somebody posted a while ago on social media is uh is is not an interaction so is it when people are live with the conversation back and forth um how many people listening to one person speaking at one what point does it become a one-way uh tv program rather than an interactive human experience and i don't know i don't know that's 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 part of what i'm looking at and working on at this point well okay i'm going to say it again come on i met you in 2020 I think mm-hmm. it was 2019, 2020, something like that. And um, the, we already, the that was, pandemic was under full roll when we met. And so nobody was going anywhere. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I went to your classes that you offered. Now, I understand that you're a tech genius and everybody isn't, but it was available. <laughs> mm-hmm. So things are available. I went there. And took several classes, a couple of classes a week, as I recall. Yep. And people were on camera. We were talking back and forth. I never once thought, oh, my God, this is a pandemic. I'm not sitting next to a person. We just had a great time in a learning experience over a long period of time. Yeah. Now, it was, it was forced. I don't know whether you were going to do that anyway. 
But that thing worked for me so well that it, I never once thought about, you know, I can't wait till such and such. This was it, and I'm good. Yeah. And there's a lot of people like that. So, like, come on. This was, a, this was an opportunity that God used tech geniuses to say, you know, let me get in this too yep. in a tangible way. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that it's the technology is all or nothing. I don't think that we, you know, need to be Luddites and turn and unplug everything. And I think on the other end of it, if we let artificial intelligence do our thinking, then we're going to miss out on something. And there's some thinking that's not going to be thought. Let's take another break, and then we will do a prayer that somehow this is all coming together. Well, <laughs> can I make this one that. comment before we go? When <laughs> yeah. you say when human interaction is important. And I lived in that 2020, in that pandemic time and, you know, still. And I have human interaction when I need it. I just Mm -hmm. haven't been to, you know, particular places in person, but I'm still here. I'm still saying I'm still doing well. I think it's going to be okay. Maybe that's the prayer. All right. Quick break and then prayer time. Learn to put practical prayer to work in your life. The steps are simple to learn and let you begin to get real results to create the life of your dreams immediately. Reverend Bill Marcioni's widely acclaimed book, Practical Prayer for Real Results, gives you a clear summary of the new thought principles behind practical prayer and the series of easy-to-understand steps found in the most effective prayers from religions and spiritual practices all over the world and throughout history. Practical prayer is not a replacement for your religion or practice. It's a technique to make the work you do in consciousness even more effective. The book includes 40 prayers on various topics that you can adapt as needed and use as your own. Practical Prayer for Real Results is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook on Amazon or at b the light Dot com. That's b-the-light.com. Welcome back to the Practical Prayer Podcast. I'm Carol here with Reverend Dr. Bill Marcioni. This has been an amazing, electrifying conversation. I don't want it to end. Okay. Well, uh, in that case, we, we have a history of doing part two and part three on some topics, so perhaps we can do that again. We've been talking about artificial intelligence and uh, thinking about a prayer that will support our engagement with artificial intelligence. And what came up for me was the serenity prayer, which is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And I think there is a version of that when it comes to artificial intelligence. Because when we start a practical prayer, we turn our attention to that one infinite intelligence, that one divine intelligence, that one creative source that created everything, that continues to create everything, that has created each of us and abides within. That infinite intelligence that knows everything that shares that wisdom and insight and knowledge throughout its creation. 
And then there's artificial intelligence, which, by the way, is an expression of divine intelligence because it was created by people with an idea and tools and making more tools and better tools and building and building and building. So artificial intelligence is a subset of divine intelligence. And individual human intelligence is also a subset of divine intelligence. So what we're going to claim, even though it is possible that there are lots of challenges, difficulties, and what would be described as problems or bumps that are on the road ahead of us, there is the possibility for all of these pieces to fit together in sweet perfection. So that is the prayer. And we turn our attention beyond the artificial intelligence, beyond our individual awareness of the situation, circumstance, and unfolding that's been going on, and open to the awareness of that divine intelligence, that one which knows everything, that one which has created everything and continues to create. That divine intelligence, that creative presence, that infinite love that abides within is right here, right now, in me and in each of us. That divine intelligence is revealing itself through the thoughts and the understanding, the insights, the knowledge of everyone who is listening to this prayer. And somehow the pieces are able to fit together in a way that brings good and harmony and alignment and uplift, prosperity, health and vitality, wellness and goodness to each of us individually and to all of us together. There is a way that all of this intelligence, all of these tools, all of these possibilities can fit together to bring about uplift and good. So that's what I'm calling upon. There is no need for tragedy or emergency or conflict. There is simply the opportunity for that love to unfold, for that infinite intelligence to reveal itself with new ideas, new channels, new methods and techniques and opportunities for good to express. So that's what I'm claiming. I am claiming this good, this wisdom, this insight, this uplift, unfolding right now for each of us and for all of us. And I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful to know that this is possible. I'm grateful to know that this possibility is already unfolding into life. I'm grateful for the awareness of this creative process. And I'm grateful to be partnered with that divine intelligence in knowing that this is already happening. And so with gratitude for all of this good, I speak this word and I release it into that creative law that creates everything that has created everything, that continues to create and is now creating this. So with a deep feeling of thanks, I speak this word and I release it into that law and I know it is so. And so it is. Practical Prayer Podcast with Reverend Bill Marcioni and Carol Lawrence is a production of BeTheLight.com. Be-the-light.com. Where you can find more information about practical prayer for real results. Our theme is by Music of Wisdom. You can learn about the spiritual community of New Thought Philadelphia with daily guided meditations, weekly celebrations of spirit, and Reverend Bill's classes in practical spirituality at NewThoughtPhilly.org.
This podcast is supported by listeners like you. We're grateful for your tax-deductible donation at newthoughtphilly.org or the link in the episode description.